51 this year. I'm about to become the father of a one-year-old. When I say go with the flow of life, I'm not kidding. It wasn't for my wife, though. Couldn't do a thing. I want to thank her, by the way, for making today possible. She's behind the scenes there doing a lot of the things uh, to keep us going here today, and I really appreciate it, as always. Okay, we were talking about the Heart Sutra and uh, the virtual holodeck that's up in our head because uh, you see all that data comes through our eyes, even through these glasses, and uh, gets processed up here. And we see this incredible holodeck movie that we call the world. We've never actually seen the world. We've never actually touched the world because it all is electronic data, you know, coming through your nerves, up your arm, into the brain, getting reformulated into an incredible simulation of what's ever out there. And there is probably something out there. I hope so, because who am I talking to if, if there's nobody out there? But the point is that this brain also does a lot of other things on the holodeck. It divides, it categorizes, it adds names, judgments. That's good, because that's what separates us from the worms. That's why we're human beings. That's how we've built this fantastic civilization, gone to the moon, and wherever we're going next. But it also has a downside, which is that you lose the wholeness. And Buddhism, like a lot of uh, Eastern practices, are about restoring the wholeness by reversing the process, stopping the, the cutting, the dividing, the naming, the judging. And we just sit, Shikantansa, doing that. And all the broken pieces of Humpty Dumpty come together again. Somehow in life, and life becomes whole. All the broken pieces of life come become what I call the piece of one piece. So, Buddhism's good. It works. The Heart Sutra talks a little bit about the process of that based on emptiness. Now, emptiness is, if I may say, a terrible name for what emptiness is. It's very misleading. It's a little better than the old name for sunyata. Sunyata is the, the Sanskrit name. The old name was the void. That really sounded like nothing. Sometimes it was nothingness. And the problem with that is, it sounds like there's nothing there. But that's not what emptiness means. Emptiness means that everything is empty of fixed self-existence because it's constantly this flow, man. And you think there's a you and a me, a me that's here and a you that's there. But it's so much together, man. It's so much flowing together that you are empty, I'm empty, and we empty into this great, well, what I call the dance. That's the one I, the name I came up for. It. It's not even a dance. You can't, you know, a dance in the middle of the dancing, you can't nail it down. It's constantly moving. Shadows back and forth, dancers spinning in and out. You can't nail it down. 
this is great flow this great performance and that's what this universe life world is in the Buddhist perspective we may not all understand everything about this universe as a matter of fact I think we're a little bit smarter than ants still even with these wonderful brains and there are so many questions that we don't know about where this universe came from and how it ticks but one thing that Buddhism will let you do is say wherever this trip is going man go with it and go with the flow that's emptiness we don't know how we got here we don't know what's going but you got a ticket to ride this ride go for it you are the ride anyway let's get back to the heart sutra I'm kind of wandering off here so what are some of the judgments we make about stuff we say that things are born created and they die and they're destroyed because in one moment we don't see them then there's a baby there like my new daughter and then we get old and one day we're not there anymore and they say we've died or uh, this table I just brought in here just lost a leg everything's impermanent so we say things are born things are dying we say things are stained or pure basically that's another way of saying things are good or bad and in emptiness that all drops away that all drops away it's a little bit like you know the, the, the famous example is the wave on the sea wave comes up we say there's a wave and the wave goes down and we say where did the wave go but the wave was just the water of the sea all along water was there before water was there after and it's just flowing along the sea is there the universe has been going for billions of years whatever came before that and suddenly a little wave pops up that's you and one day it'll go back but the sea goes on so this thing about birth and death is kind of an illusion it's an illusion in the same way that we might say uh, what do pink flying elephants eat for dinner and we could debate it what they like to eat but the fact of the matter is it's an illusion because well there are no pink flying elephants even though we can imagine them I don't think so maybe you've been drinking enough that you'll see the pink flying elephants but even then they're not probably really there well so much of this life is not really there any more than pink flying elephants even stuff that we think is here sounds pretty solid but if you looked inside you see these atoms and uh, electrons just flying around in that great dance solid is all a matter of perspective yes it's here but from an other perspective this perspective of physics it's just electrons and molecules and from this perspective of Buddhism which is very similar it's just this great flowing and it's not really there it's just our mind sticking uh, a label on it that says table hard solid good solid table and it is there see Buddhism is always talking from different perspectives so yes people are born and yes they die and you're gonna you were born and Jewish student where no one's getting out of here alive but it's all pink flying elephants all of it 
Just be on that. And it's so empty. Now this is where it gets crazy. It's so empty that we don't even want to label emptiness because emptiness is another label. But the stuff is here too in the sense it's here. Thus emptiness is not form, not sensation, nor perception, nor formation, nor consciousness. It's so empty that you can't even use those labels. It's so much the flow that even those labels of eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind vanish. Of course there's an eye, and of course data is coming in the eye and getting processed here. But in the end, it's so empty, this great flowing, that we can't even use those words. Yeah. All true at once, right? There is an eye. But even that is empty in the great flowing dance. Even that is pink flying elephants. So it says, no eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. Those are basically the five senses, plus the mind is where all the data gets processed. No sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, nor object of mind. This is the data that the senses perceive. And it continues. No realm of sight. That's the what you see outside. Okay? So the stuff outside, the, the, the sight, the eye, and the processing center. All empty. Even that. Even that. That's how empty it is. That there's not even... The eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, mind, and all this, all that's seen and felt and tasted and touched. Now this next line is interesting. No ignorance, no inter-ignorance. Wisdom in Buddhism is to see the wholeness, the unity, this emptiness. And to realize to your marrow's marrow that you are that. That's wisdom. Ignorance is to see division, to feel division to be stuck up in yourself, filled with anger, me against you, and greed. I want that. I'm dissatisfied. I want this. And ignorance, division, not seeing the wholeness, not tasting the wholeness, not experiencing the wholeness. That's ignorance. So this perfection of wisdom, Sutra, is meant to be a medicine for ignorance. And what is the medicine for ignorance? This emptiness that says all the stuff we put labels on is just our mind doing all the labeling. And that's ignorance when we do that. And, now this is the catch, this is the, the logic of this thing. It is so empty of all labels that we should not even use the label ignorance. I guess we shouldn't even use the label perfection of wisdom. If there was another line here, maybe we'd say no wisdom. So there is no ignorance. And it's so empty, there's not even an end to ignorance. Usually we say we practice Buddhism so we're not ignorant anymore. And we get wise. But ignorance is so empty 
that you can't even say you get wise. You can't even say you end ignorance because there is no ignorance from the start. It's like saying we're going to go out and hunt pink flying elephants and give it up. I, okay, I'm, I'm quitting my hunting of pink flying elephants. I can't do it. Why? Because there were no pink flying elephants to hunt in the first place. So me saying that I'm practicing Buddhism in order to give up my stupid uh, career hunting pink flying elephants makes no sense because I never was hunting pink flying elephants because there never were any. That's what this line means. In other words, ignorance is so much not there when you when you see it with wisdom there's so much not with not ignorance there that we can't even say there's anything there to end now this line is also taken another way too by many people and that is in this modern world of bodhisattvas where we live we're all still playing with different aspects of who we are okay one day we're all going to be buddhists might take I don't know, a few thousand lives, but uh, the Mahayana Buddhism promises us we are all bound to be Buddhists. I'm reading the Mahaparinirvana Sutra recently. It's in there. Everybody might take a long time, might take a long, short time. You're going to be Buddha. And when you are Buddha, you will be 24 hour, seven days a week. I don't know if time even applies to Buddhists, but you will be completely with emptiness all right the fact of the matter is that until that time you me and all the other buddhists here that i know even the the really the really good ones that seem to be really some would say far along this path we're still flesh and blood stupid human beings and we are all prone to ignorance not only are we prone to ignorance get this you need ignorance you cannot live without seeing the world in its divided way without judging right and wrong without saying I wish something sh would happen without regretting and learning from something in the past you cannot live without fearing what might happen uh, through common sense okay we're built this way we're hardwired this way up here so when it says no end to ignorance, I say good because we need to live amidst this world of, in a Buddhist sense, ignorance, division, and judgment. Okay. But here's the thing: Can you have your Buddha and eat him too? Can you have your cake and eat it too? Can you live in a world of this and that and me and you and good and bad and right and wrong and I hate this and I like that and not? fall into the trap of going overboard with all that division and at the same time taste that wholeness, taste that flow. If you can do all that at once, I think we're okay. If you can do all that at once, you have a very sound way of living, I think. And you know, this applies to my life, especially if I may say, because old Jundo here is a Jewish Woody Allen type. I'm a nervous, we have a nice Jewish word, Meshuggah. That means kind of a nervous, crazy guy. Just ask my wife. 
Okay, I'm uh, always worried about something. I'm always a type A personality. Tomorrow I'm getting on the plane. I'm immediately thinking, what if the, the plane goes down? I'm going to China. What if I catch the China flu or whatever they got over there? What if I get kid kidnapped by cannibals? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just a worry wart. That's the way I'm wired. If I hadn't found Buddhism, I might be dead now. I might be in the loony bin. I might be an alcoholic or a drug addict or have had a nervous breakdown five times over my third divorce and uh, God knows where my life would be. Buddhism saved me. So I know when I speak here. I know Buddha, but let me tell you something. These perspectives on going with the flow, dropping the judgments, allowing it, to, dropping the fear for a, a guy like me who's filled with all that crap freed me from the worst of it and let me see that that's not the only way to live this life. That's why I talk all this theory. You know, I, I know this sounds like a lot of theory about, you know, holodecks and, you know, what is he talking about? The dance and the, the, the emptiness and the eyes and perception. What the hell is he talking about? And I'm telling you, it's the most practical, practical advice. We live in a world where we're all caught up in crap, most of it of our own mental making, we need to be to function, so I don't think it's completely a bad thing, but these teachings free us up. I worry about dying. I'm living a hundred miles from a nuclear reactor I, that's spewing all kinds of, talk about crap, into my backyard every day. I don't know what it's doing, and I fear it. There's nothing else to do but fear it. When I get on an airplane, I'm afraid of flying. I'm just the way I am. Plane might go down, may not. I don't know. Even there, Buddhism somehow lets me go with the flow. No, it doesn't make the nuclear reactor seem like a good thing. No, it, uh, it doesn't keep the plane in the air or not in the air. That's not the point. It lets me go with the flow. It lets me, more than that, be the flowing. The flowing is just me. That's how much I'm with the flowing. I, I put up something this week about the great roller coaster. Life has its ups. Life has its down. We have a ticket and we're riding it. The only thing that Buddhism tells us is you're not just riding the roller coaster, man. You're not just having going with the, the ride. Enjoy the ride, man. You are the roller coaster. That's what Buddhism tells us. And that's what this is saying. So where, where, what do we have here? No old age and death. That's a pretty good thing. If this flowing has always been flowing, I don't know if always is a word that applies to it, but let's say before you're dead, and before you were born it's flowing, and after you die it's flowing, and if you're just that flowing, that means this old age and death too is kind of a dream. Another pink flying elephant. In a sense, because the guys who wrote that are also dead. Don't get me wrong. But in a sense, maybe they're not. The waves come up on the sea, the waves go down, and the sea goes on. This is no end, no beginning, no end. I have to check the time when this talk is supposed to end. Oh, we're, we're fine. we got a lot of time. The more I talk, uh, 
the more you can stretch your legs and take it easy for a while before we go back and sit some more no old age and death and no cessation of old age and death that's the same thing again it's so much pink flying elephants that you can't even say that it ends it's so much a dream that's what this means it's not that there's old age and death it's so empty it's so much an illusion it's so much from this perspective that you cannot even say it's there at all so how can it end but at the same time I take it another way too as many many people interpreting the heart sutra take it in. that is that we live in a world of birth and death we live in a world where children are born people die some of them we love and even there we can go with the flow when my mother died uh, I had been practicing Buddhism for many years and she was very sick she practiced Buddhism with me in her last months I'd say on her deathbed and she went she went much easier because of it and it for the family the tears were there and the loss but yet it was okay it's okay and there is no birth and death no suffering nor cause or end to suffering suffering in Jundo's definition is when the world is Y and we want X the gap between X and Y is suffering it's not pain pain is a different thing you know you get pain in life you get sick you get pain suffering is the gap between what we want and what we don't want if for example you could be totally at one with the pain then uh, there would be no uh, suffering too but in a sense we cannot we always when we have a pain physical pain part of us doesn't want to be there okay part of us doesn't want to have gut-wrenching agony of being sick but believe it or not here too Buddhism on one level that shall we say somehow makes even that okay and I know because I've been gut-wrenching sick at times and part of me says I do not want to be here this stinks and part of me says it's okay that part that sees through it that sees the wholeness sees it as a pink flying elephant no suffering suffering is empty and it's so empty it's there's no even a cause or end to it that's how empty it is but as I also say too we live in a world where we're never going to be completely satisfied but at the same time Buddhism somehow lets us be completely satisfied all at once all at once we had terrible earthquakes this year you experienced that with us here uh, there were weeks when the house was shaking six seven times a day the biggest earthquakes I've ever experienced all my time in Japan every day we had five of them six of them I thought the, that was the end of the house I did not like it part of me was okay with it part of me was not okay with it part of me was completely okay with it completely completely that's what it means when there's no hindrance of mind no hindrance and therefore no fear 
So, but let's jump back a couple of lines again. People say there's a path and that we have to gain something, nirvana. But when you taste emptiness, it's all right here. There's not even a path. There's nothing to gain. It's been here all along. I heard a lecture the other day. A professor gave a wonderful analogy. He said, you know, a lot of... He was teaching at a, a school in Florida called Florida Atlantic University, where Steve Hine, the great dogmatologist, uh, teaches. So he was giving a lecture at Florida Atlantic University. And they said there are two views of enlightenment. Enlightenment is something you have to look for. Then the other view, the instantaneous view, is enlightenment is like being in Florida Atlantic University asking people, where is Florida Atlantic University? You're right there. When you can taste emptiness, you're there all along. When all these things like nirvana and uh, seem so far away, they are. But when you can taste this emptiness, this emptiness is all this. It's right here. So there was no path. There was no wisdom to be gained. That's how empty it is. When you really get the wisdom, you find it was not even wisdom. Because it's so wise, you don't even have to put a label on it. That's why the bodhisattvas live this perfection of wisdom. You've got to live it. You've got to bring it to life. And when you do so, there's no hindrance of mind, no hindrance, therefore, no fear. Okay, let's leave uh, the last part of this uh, for our uh, talk a little later today or tomorrow, wherever you are, whatever time it is. I get confused at this time, too, in the retreat. And uh, that's it. Again, if the sitting is getting to be a little hard, it's a lot of sitting, you can kinhin it. Okay, if you want to. You can stand, you can do a little kinhin. Uh, that's okay. It's okay in my sangha anyway. Some people would say no, but I say yes. Okay, let me check the schedule and ring the bell. <laughs>